When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, brought to you by uh, Overtime Media. Uh, I am Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. Of course, your rivals.com destination for all things Wisconsin athletics from, you know, the recruiting trail inside Camp Randall Stadium and, of course, on the court of the Cole Center. And that's what we're going to focus on today. We've talked a lot of football, a lot of recruiting stuff recently for Wisconsin. Let's talk about some basketball, right? Because Wisconsin, obviously comes into this weekend 20 and 5 overall record 11 and 4 in the Big 10 and guess what folks Michigan comes to town 14 and 10 8 and 6 overall for those that are going to be attending inside the Kohl Center this weekend it's a noon tip off on CBS uh, and again a reason to be very excited because quite frankly you know Wisconsin uh it, it not just a great matchup with the Wolverines but they're also retiring Michael Finley's jersey and so that's going to be huge. It's going to be a great uh, spectacle. Make sure you guys go to badgerblitz.com because we're going to have video of, of a news conference with Michael Finley. We'll have the ceremony video up there too and whatnot, plus so much more. Uh, but to talk about Michigan, you know, and, and to talk about the Wolverines and their season, they've won seven of the last 10, but, you know, right now they're sitting currently in seventh place in the Big Ten standings. Really happy to have them on from the Maze and Blue Review our rivals.com cousins that cover all things Michigan athletics. And they've been busy, especially on the football uh, with Jim Harbaugh and, and that saga. Uh, we got Daniel dash, Daniel, man, appreciate you making time on this Friday evening. And, you know, Michigan comes in, like I said, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, they're working their way up big win against Iowa. Just last night. How has this team been really, you know, in terms of a, maybe a brief synopsis of just what this team's gone through in this 2021-22 season and uh, what we could expect coming up on Sunday. Sure. First of all, appreciate you having me on. Uh, great experience to come on here. Really admire what you guys do over at your site and uh, looking forward to the game on Sunday. Uh, you are too kind, sir. <laughs> if you look at this Michigan team, uh, I think you see really a, a tale of two halves of the season. This is a, a team that collapsed multiple times in November and December. Uh, they blew a big lead against Seton Hall. Uh, they did the same exact thing against Buffalo, but held on. Blew a big lead against Minnesota at home during one of their first two conference games. Uh, a team that got run off the court by Arizona, run off the court by North Carolina. It's a, a young group, and I, I think a group, and this is a phrase Juwan Howard has used multiple times, it's a group that needed to learn how to win. Uh, you look at last year's team, uh, outright Big Ten champions of the regular season, Elite Eight in March. Uh, that's a team that had four pros. They lost Isaiah Livers, they lost Franz Wagner, they lost Shawnee Brown, they lost Mike Smith. Left them with a lot of youth. I think you're seeing the effects of that. And, you, you know, Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate, sure, they were five-star recruits, but it took them a month or two to acclimate to the college level. Uh, and you can argue that they're still acclimating to the college level. They're bringing two freshmen off the bench. They have some starters who haven't really been in the, the starting lineup before. Uh, it helps when you bring back an All-American big man in Hunter Dickinson. But I, I think this, this team always had the pieces. And I, I look at it like a puzzle. The pieces were always there. It just took a really long time to assemble them. But I think over these last 10 games, 
since Michigan's COVID outbreak and the, the disheartening loss to Illinois where they were right there even without some of their best players, uh, I think you're really seeing them turn a corner. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so with that too, you know, I'm looking at some of the rankings, you know, Kempom right now, as I'm looking at standings number 30, they're actually, they actually Kempom actually has Wisconsin behind Michigan with Wisconsin being number 32, uh, Michigan number 30. I know that win at Iowa helped uh, in that regard. You look at, you know, I know net rankings tell a different story uh, with Wisconsin being ahead there, but I guess within that too, just, uh, and I'm just looking right now, my computer's finally refreshing Michigan's, you know, 31st right now in the net rankings and you had Wisconsin number 19, but I guess within that, within that set, this latest stretch for, for Michigan, who in your eyes is stepping up the most in, in, in just how this team is starting to come together at the right time? Because yeah, the, maybe it took a while now, but if they're, putting together this streak and they're doing well. I mean, this, they could be obviously formidable, not just in conference play, but the tournament coming up and of course, March madness. Yeah. I think you know that a uh, couple guys stand out, but I think you got to start with Hunter Dickinson. Uh, he had COVID during Michigan's outbreak, uh, struggled to get back to the court, actually missed that game at Illinois uh, due to concerns about conditioning and stamina. And since coming back, he's been a totally different player. That's not to say he was playing poorly at the beginning of the season, uh, he just wasn't playing like the All-American that he was last year. And I, I think since then, you've seen a, a totally different version of him. He scored, you know, 25 pretty regularly. He's climbed all the way up to 28 at points. And I, I think it's just for Michigan, having that reliable presence in the post where you know you can go if you need a bucket, you know you could dump it down to him on the low block and he'll take care of the rest. I think that's made a really big difference offensively for a team that really struggled to find its identity for a long time. Uh, and another thing I'll say about Dickinson is that his passing has gotten a lot better. Uh, teams have really doubled him this year in the post. They collapse. They try to take away his left shoulder. He's done a really good job keeping his dribble, even using retreat dribbles to back out of the post, find open teammates. And I think that's created a lot of open three-point opportunities for Michigan. Uh, pretty interesting stat about Michigan. They are uh, a very, not to say live and die by the three, but their success is very closely tied to how well they shoot the three ball. Um, Recently, in, in I think it's five games where they've shot below 25%, they've only won one of them. Uh, so this is a team that really needs to shoot the ball well to stay afloat. Um, they haven't shot between 25 and 39% in a single game this season. It's pretty boomer bust, uh, feast or famine, as they say. I, I think you see them either well below the 25% mark or up in the 40s. Uh, and I, I think a lot of that comes down to Eli Brooks, uh, the second player I'll touch on. Fifth-year senior, Michigan's captain. Uh, he came back to pursue a, a graduate degree in social work um, and really to, to take one more crack at a national title. He was on the Final Four team in 2018. Uh, he's the only player left from that 2018 Final Four team. Uh, really the bridge between John Beeline and Juwan Howard. Juwan loves him, uh, calls him the professor and a coach on the court. And lately he's been shooting the three really well. Made a really big difference against Iowa last night. And I, I think Brooks is 
more of a catch-and-shoot guy than people give him credit for. I think a lot of Michigan fans even look at him as a, a facilitator, someone you could run the offense through. Uh, but I, I think he's best on the wing. I, I think he does really well in the corner as a catch-and-shoot guy, as a, a draft-drive penetrator. Um, and I, I think right now he's really settling into his role well, if you look at his last few games. Uh, and then the last guy I'll touch on is Musa Diabate. It would be hard to touch on him after – hard not to touch on him, excuse me, after his performance last night. He put up 28 points at Carver-Hawkeye Arena on 12 of 15 shooting uh, after the game, Fran McCaffrey could only shake his head. Uh, he walked up to the, the post-game podium and said he's a pro. Uh, whether he's trying to push him out the door or not, we'll see. Uh, but I, I think Diabate <laughs> last night had his coming out party. And it's amazing because uh, obviously a, a five-star recruit, one of the best players in the 2021 class, the athleticism has always been there. The post moves have always been there. But I think with the attention Hunter Dickinson commands, the space hasn't been there. And I think last night was really the first time Diabate had the space to operate for a long period of time. And he took advantage of it. And I think that could add a dimension to Michigan's offense. Uh, I think it gives them some more flexibility when Dickinson is off the floor and when Dickinson's on the floor. These are two guys who can coexist. And I, I think they'll try to go for the same strategy at the Cold Center on Sunday. Right. And you mentioned that too, you know, Hunter Dickinson right now, 17.9 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per contest, uh, 80% free throw shooter, Two, uh, and on that note, and I, th- yeah, look at he's that. made 23 in a row. 23 in a row. Oh, it has he? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say he has the most, uh, free throw attempts out of the, the Wolverines, uh, for that. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, shooting 56.3% from the field, I guess kind of diving into Dickinson, you kind of, t- you touched on it a little bit with him, but just how are teams defending them? And we've seen Wisconsin struggle on the inside. Obviously, Kofi Coburn's the the one name, but also against Indiana, I believe they gave up 38 points in the paint to the Hoosiers uh, earlier this week. But you know, how have you seen other teams defend Dickinson? What's worked and what hasn't worked? The top of the scouting report, and it's pretty clear that this is the case for pretty much every team Michigan plays, is his left hand. Uh, Dickinson is a left-handed player. Uh, he loves going with his left hand over his right shoulder. You'll see him catch the ball a lot on the right block fake inside, uh, dribble drive, and drop step towards the baseline for the left-handed hook. That's his bread and butter. Uh, from the other side, the, the left block, that is, he loves putting it back to the basket, faking baseline, and then taking a dribble to get to his jump post, going to his right once again with his left hand. So when double teams come, you see them come at his right shoulder. That forces him to either dribble out, take a, take a retreat dribble, or spin the other way where a second defender is already waiting. So I think that's in terms of double teaming, the most popular strategy against Dickinson, uh, it has worked a lot better for some teams than others. Uh, for instance, Maryland tried that, and Dickinson still really took it to him. Uh, I think you saw Penn State have a little more success with it. Dickinson only shot six for 20 that night, only one for 10 in the second half. Uh, I think he looked a little more frustrated than he has. Uh, and I think when teams double him, you see him take a step out. Uh, he's gotten more comfortable with his jump shot. He shoots it well from the mid-range. He actually shoots it pretty well from three. Uh, he's up at 36% on the season. Um, but I, I think in general, he's most comfortable in the posts. And when teams can push him off the block, that's when it makes him think a little bit more. And I think that, for Greg Gard, could be where to start. Absolutely. You know, you talked about Eli Brooks, too. I was looking at Michigan's game notes right before we started uh, our conversation. And it's funny because – they talked about, you know, Michigan versus Wisconsin, you know, I'm reading this verbatim from the game notes, you know, features two of the longest tenured big 10 players with Brooks, who's played 149 contests. Brad Davidson has 152 games uh, there. You know, I guess 
with, you know, you have those two, uh, which I think is a fun stat, but just other, who are, you know, besides Dickinson, besides Brooks and you can, you know, talk about Diabate, you know, who else do you think could give the Badgers fits coming up this weekend inside the Cole center? Caleb Houston's a really good shooter. Uh, that's the other five-star freshman on Michigan's roster. He's a, a Montford Academy grad. He actually reclassed. He should be a, a senior in high school, um, but he's Canadian. Uh, thought it would be better to get to college a year earlier. Uh, back in the last week of January, it really looked like Houston was turning a corner. He scored 16 against Maryland, 19 against Indiana, 18 against Northwestern uh, in a three-game stretch in a, an eight-day period. That's when it really looked like he had broken through in a way Diabate has lately. Uh, but he's regressed since then. Uh, I think he shoots it a little bit better at home than he does on the road. It's just, it's interesting to see the fluctuation in his points and really the shot attempts. There are some games where he takes 12 or 13 shots, and then there are games where he takes four shots or five shots. Uh, and I, I think with Houston, because he's not physically as athletic as some of the other players, it's a lot of taking what the defense gives him. Uh, I think that was on display against Ohio State the other night in Michigan's loss. They limited him to just five shots, but they ran out on him. And they always had someone glued to him, and they forced him to put the ball on the ground, and that's not where he's most comfortable. Uh, another name to watch is Devontae Jones. He's a, a graduate transfer from Coastal Carolina. He won the Sunbelt Player of the Year Award last year at Coastal. Uh, he's taken on more of a, a facilitator role at Michigan, but he still gets to the, the basket a lot, loves to finish around the rim. Pretty hesitant as a three-point shooter, which is interesting for a, a Big Ten Juwan Howard point guard. Um, I, I think it's really the opposite of what we saw last year with Mike Smith, the, the other graduate transfer. He came from Columbia. Um, Jones definitely plays a, a different style. I think he's a lot better defensively, but offensively he's much less of a, a shooter and definitely more of a guy who tries to get others involved, which is interesting because Smith was a, a great facilitator too. But that rounds out Michigan's starting five. Uh, they have a very thin bench, and it got even thinner last night. Terrence Williams got hurt, uh, did not play at Iowa. He has a, an ankle sprain. We'll see if he plays Sunday. I've not gotten an update on him yet, but he's one of the first guys off the bench. Brandon Johns, a senior, uh, one of the first guys off the bench. And really guys who just try to bring a spark. Um, the spark hasn't been there for much of this year. Michigan plays their starters a, a lot, pretty much, you know, as much as anyone in the nation um, but I, I think when they do get a spark, it makes a big difference. And again, last night in Iowa, they got one. Uh, Kobe Buffkin came off the bench, gave them eight first half points. He was a McDonald's All-American. Uh, he's still a freshman with a long way to go physically, but you see the potential. So if he could string together a, another good performance, it could help Michigan a lot in Madison. Absolutely. You talk about bench production. Wisconsin only had two points against Indiana off of their bench uh, for that matter. So you had obviously with, you know, you had Johnny Davis with his 30.12 rebound performance uh, in Bloomington earlier this week. Uh, and you had, you know, Brad Davison with 21. So there's one thing Wisconsin, Michigan fans know it's their starters producing and needing to produce for this, these teams to be successful. I guess within that, one of the final questions I got for you, Daniel, when it comes to Johnny Davis, how, you know, what, who or how do you feel Michigan will try to defend him and just what he can bring on the court every game? Well, Michigan's got a tough week. They got to go on the road to go visit Keegan Murray and then on the road again to go visit Johnny Davis. Uh, two of the front runners for the Big Ten Player of the Year Award, two guys who are in the conversation for the Wooden Award for National Player of the Year. Uh, I thought it was interesting last night that Michigan started Diabate 
on Keegan Murray. Obviously, Keegan Murray a, a bit bigger than Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis is what six foot five. Yep, about that. Yep, about that much. Yep. About six five. Keegan Murray six eight. So a little taller. He's about to six eleven, but he moves like a guard. Uh, it's amazing how quick he is laterally. I think that they'll go with Diabate or Eli Brooks. Uh, not quite sure that there's a, a natural matchup for Johnny Davis on Michigan's team. I don't think Caleb Houston is quick enough to stay in front of Johnny Davis. Um, Michigan plays a good amount of zone, and I, I think that there's a good chance that they start in zone tomorrow. Uh, it, it would be an interesting decision, but I, I think Eli Brooks is probably the best man-to-man answer. But being only six foot one, I'm not sure Brooks can keep Johnny Davis from getting what he wants at the rim. Uh, Johnny Davis also a, a good jump shooter, a good free throw shooter. Um, so I, I think he could give Michigan a lot of problems in terms of size and physicality. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see more zone than we have recently. Michigan went to zone pretty abruptly against Iowa, and it disrupted the Hawkeyes. So I, I think that's something Jawan Howard's going to like when he goes back and looks at film. I think it's something that he could try to incorporate on Sunday. And, and Danny, last question for you before we let you go here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Keys for Michigan. I think you talked about it before in terms of shooting uh, in, in, in how the Wolverines have performed well, you know, if, when they've caught fire. But what are your keys for the game for Michigan to pull off a road, a key road win and continue their ascent, uh, their streak, uh, you know, into late February, into March and the tournament? Yeah, I, I think at the top of the list, you got to win the, the battle around the rim. You got to win the points in the paint. Uh, Michigan's got two of the best bigs in the conference, and they need to play like it. And until last night in Iowa City, I don't really think they did at any point. Um, I, I think Dickinson's going to have a lot of opportunity to get points around the rim. I think is going to have a lot of chances for offensive rebounds. I, I think Michigan's bigger, stronger, and more athletic than Wisconsin in the front court. Uh, but uh, uh, on the flip side of the coin, they have a massive disadvantage going into this game without a natural matchup for Johnny Davis. Uh, Michigan has been susceptible to letting the other team's best player get hot at times this season. Uh, a lot of really impressive individual performances against Michigan, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, they got to shoot the ball well. Um, in the six games that they've shot at least 40%, they've won five. Uh, in the eight games that they've shot under 25%, they've won only three. It's really hard to win a game, especially on the road, especially against a team as gritty and physical as Wisconsin, to win a game when you're shooting less than 25% from three. Um, really going to come down to making shots. Michigan generates a lot of open looks, and Michigan misses a lot of open looks. Uh, and I, I think that that really messes with their psyche at times. Um, you know, whether or not Wisconsin's going to close out on some of those open looks, we'll see, because that would, you know, open them up and leave them vulnerable around the rim at some point. But I, I think that that's something that Michigan's going to need to do on their own. It's something that Michigan's going to have the opportunity to do, and it's something that they need to go out and take care of business and that's a, an aspect of the game that could really swing the pendulum all right absolute last question for you i apologize do you feel like where michigan is right now again 14 and 10 uh within you know overall and then looking at the big 10 standings they are eight and six after that win against iowa last night do you feel they make the tournament and if so what seed do you feel them to be right now even though we still got quite a bit of time before selection sunday they are squarely on the bubble, uh, and that leaves them with a lot of work to do over these last six games. Um, they do get Iowa again at home. They get Michigan State at home. They get Rutgers at home. Uh, Wisconsin on the road would be a big win if they can steal it. 
But as of now, Ken Palm has them projected to get to 11 regular season conference wins. I think that puts them in a really good spot going into the Big Ten tournament. They can split in the Big Ten tournament, at least get one win. Uh, I, I think that puts them in the tournament comfortably. Uh, I, I think that that could even help them avoid Dayton altogether. But right now, in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology update, they are a last four-in team. They're actually a last four-in team against Memphis, which I think would be a really entertaining matchup. You get the, the Jawan Howard, Penny Hardaway dynamic, uh, potentially Imani Bates coming back. He grew up five minutes from Ann Arbor in Ypsilanti. Uh, I think that would be a really entertaining matchup. But in general, that's not where Michigan wants to be. Uh, to be a, a last four-in team, is uh, that's stressful. And it, it adds a game. It adds a, a night of fatigue. You start earlier than the other teams. You really just start behind the eight ball. And I, I think if you get to 11 conference wins in the regular season and win a game in the Big Ten tournament, you have the chance to avoid it altogether. Um, I think they beat Rutgers. Um, I think they beat Iowa at home. And then that leaves at Wisconsin um, against Illinois and then at Ohio State to find one win within those three games to comfortably get to 11. Daniel, man, we appreciate you being on the podcast. Of course, follow, folks, follow him at Daniel dash underscore on Twitter. What do you have coming up uh, you know, on the site for the Maze and Blue Review and, and what and going forward, not just for basketball, but what y'all got going on for recruiting and football? A lot of good stuff. Uh, we've got spring ball starting up <clears throat> in two weeks. We will have that covered from top to bottom. Uh, basketball as the team pushes for the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll have all of that covered as well. Really everything going on in Ann Arbor, uh, all the way down to hockey and women's basketball, both of which are ranked in the top 10 nationally coming up on the, the postseason. Uh, everything you need related to the Wolverines, you can find at the Maze and Blue Review. That's amazing. Daniel, I appreciate your time. Thank you again, uh, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Folks, Daniel Dash from the Maze and Blue Review, michigan.rivals.com. You know what? We're going to take a quick break, come back. We'll talk some Michael Finley, some stats. Of course, his jersey is re being retired coming up on Sunday. We'll talk to you right after the break. We've got to pay some bills with some ads. We'll talk to you in just a second here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We are back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. Big thanks again to Daniel Dash from the Amazing Blue Review, Michigan.Rivals.com, for his time talking about Michigan. We're going to have this podcast up by Saturday morning at the latest, probably Friday evening and whatnot after my busy schedule on this uh, before the weekend begins, which really, like I said, as I talked to Daniel before we started recording, it's not really a, you know, for as a reporter, I don't know if there's really ever a weekend off, uh, especially during the fall. And of course, what happens during the winter and spring with so many sports going on there. But I wanted to talk, you know, obviously for those that are going to be at the Kohl Center this weekend on Sunday, it's a noon tip off. It's on CBS. Wisconsin will retire the number 24 jersey of Michael Finley. And just to kind of talk about this, I'm looking at Wisconsin's press release. It's up on uwbadgers.com. You know, just talking about some of the accolades that Finley, and, you know, the fan in me, folks, no longer is there, uh, really. You know, I went to UW, for those that don't know. I went to University of Wisconsin-Madison. I graduated back in May of 2006. I've I've covered Wisconsin athletics since about 2013, really, is when it really started a little bit in 2012 with our my old podcast, which got me into this media game. But, you know, I grew up watching Michael Finley and Tracy Webster uh, and, and whatnot, and that was my introduction to Wisconsin basketball. So to see Michael Finley have his jersey retired, it's the third men's basketball jersey, by the way, retired that will hang in the rafters there. So within that, you know, it's going to be, Let's see. Abe Nicholas has his number eight up there. Frank Kaminsky, obviously number 44. And I have that, uh, you know, basically the one thing that they've called out here too, in this press release, I should say this too, the number 24 will remain in circulation at Wisconsin. That's verbatim from Wisconsin's press release there. Uh, So, uh, but to kind of, let's just talk about the accolades of Finley. And again, I'm looking at this press release, the first Wisconsin, uh, you know, player to score 2000 points. He, Obviously, gosh, you know, a three-time AP honorable mention All-American. He, gosh, he averaged 20 points or more per game in three of his seasons in Madison. He was inducted into the UW Athletic Hall of Fame in 2004. That's verbatim from Wisconsin's uh, press release there, that last sentence I had there. You know, he wanted to have a huge NBA career. Obviously, he was a first-round draft pick by the Phoenix Suns. He has had tons of success on the court and obviously right now having success off the court as well. So it would be great for those that, uh, that will be in attendance uh, and badgerblitz.com again, will be there on Sunday. We'll have, if there, you know, if the planned media availability continues, we will have video of that press conference up. We'll have video of his ceremony, during halftime, we will have obviously all the game recaps. We'll have post-game press conferences. We'll have obviously our quick hits from the game. And on top of that, we will have our takeaways, our normal robust sampling, a robust robust analysis that we provide on BadgerBlitz.com, whether football, basketball, recruiting, we aim to bring that to you. I'll be there down at the Cole Centers. Again, I'm excited. It'll be fun uh, to check it all out there. So on that note, I'm letting you all go. Uh, make sure you 
Check out BadgerBlitz.com, Wisconsin.Rivals.com. Subscribe. Why? Because, quite frankly, you get all, like I said, the sampling of talk and recruiting. We've had various articles up with recent offers, uh, you know, and in, in talking about interest and those that have received offers. Obviously, on the Badgers Den, we have even a forum up, a thread talking about potential junior day visits for the Wisconsin football program. John McNamara, Ben Wargle, and I have a combined at least 40 years of experience covering Wisconsin athletics in some form or matter or way, avenue. So be sure to give us a try. We'd love to earn your business even further. Again, wisconsin.rivals.com. For this podcast, it's always free. Just hit that subscribe button. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. We're there for podcasts. Our YouTube channel continues to grow. Uh, we have a weekly segment with Clint Cosgrove. I, I really enjoy talking to Clint, talking about breaking down various recruiting topics and Q&As that if you subscribe to BadgerBlitz.com every week early on, I say, hey, guys, hey, y'all, what do you want to discuss? You know, what do you, you want? What do you want me to discuss with Clint this week? And we got some good stuff coming up there as well uh, for, you know, this upcoming week and beyond. Uh, make sure you subscribe and like those videos. And again, we'll have those post game videos. We'll have uh, Michael Finley's, uh, you know, press conference to his media availability uh, up on the site, hopefully right before tip off to on that note. So I'll let y'all go. Uh, I'll stop talking. Uh, you know, for me, it's at Jake Coco on Twitter. Please follow there at Badger underscore bl- uh, underscore Blitz for John McNamara at McNamara Rivals, Ben Morgel at the Badger Nation, and then Raul Vasquez, our staff writer, does all the basketball previews. That is at Raul V forty five. You all have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be well. We'll talk to you soon here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.